0: and welcome to the Mailbox Rogues Gallery, the fortnightly show where we pluck a figure from history and pop them in our metaphorical mailbox of rogues. My name's Sean. My name's Birch. And welcome, welcome to our show. A really big show. A really good show. Where's that from? Uh, Ed Sullivan. Oh, okay. Well, it gonna, is going to be a really good show.
1: He, very prophetic. He, he saw, he knew, he, well, predicted the
0: podcast boom for one thing. Exactly, yeah, he knew exactly what was going on. So who are we discussing this week? My co-host, Birch.
1: Today we're going to be talking about Thomas Edis Unn.
0: For those of you who aren't aware, he was a very prolific inventor in the country of America in the 1900s. He couldn't stop. He couldn't stop
1: Once he invented one thing, it was just like, yeah, well, that's, that's out the way with it. What can I invent now?
0: Exactly. And I should say, it wasn't just the 1900s. He spanned two centuries. This was a Goliath of a man. Very old man. It was, yeah. I mean, I don't mean he lived for 200 years. I just mean he spanned two centuries. Yeah. A leg in each. So where should we begin with Edison?
1: Oh, well, why don't we begin at his birth? Why don't we
0: begin at the beginning?
1: So he was born in 1847 in Milan. Ohio, I will add.
0: Not Milan in Italy. No. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't look very. He didn't have like the kind of suave, cool that Italians have. He was kind of a bit fuddy-duddy, actually, wasn't he?
1: No, he wasn't part of the Edisonis.
0: No, no. <laughs> so he was born in 1847.
1: Yeah, he was the seventh and last child of Samuel Edison Jr. and Nancy Elliott.
0: And uh, I hear he didn't do too well at school, did he? So he was actually homeschooled by his mum. I think that's a running theme, isn't it? Of people that we've covered, quite a lot of them have been homeschooled, haven't they?
1: Particularly geniuses, yeah. I yeah, think.
0: Agatha Christie as well, if I'm not mistaken.
1: That's true, yeah. I think Albert Einstein wasn't particularly good in school either.
0: Yeah, maybe. Anybody who's binged w- listened to these will know this, but I mean, I don't, because I just don't No, remember. I just talk bollocks. And yeah. just, I
1: put it out there <laughs> exactly. for any old idiot to listen to.
0: <laughs> that means you, listener.
1: Yeah, so I mean, if, if anything can be learnt from from these people, I guess it's that... Don't go to school.
0: No, exactly. You will do just fine anyway, (laughs) basically.
1: You'll invent something. You'll write some good books. You'll you'll, you'll turn out all right.
0: You'll turn out all right. Don't go to school. uh, Don't study, whatever you do. No. Or at least don't study anything on the national curriculum. Just kind of make your own way through the educational minefield.
1: Yeah, and and that's a promise from us. You'll be (laughs) fine. (laughs) 20 young people listening to this. (laughs) Yeah, you
0: can take that as wrote. That is, for you, a lesson. I mean, we. I mean, we met in school, obviously, but I mean, I think we we fast found a friendship with each other, and then we. I can't remember who suggested it, but we decided together to make a pact and never never to go to school again.
1: Well, I, re- I remember it very well. It was almost. Uh, it was like it was meant to happen. We kind of both wanted to see each other at lunch. And he was just like, right, I got something I, I, th- I need to say. I got something I need to say. So, all right, one, two, three. We should quit school, we said at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Oh, my God. And we just, like, packed up our bags. We put it in, like, one of those, our school books in one of those bags on our stick that you see. A bindle. Yeah. We, bin- we,
0: we got our hobos bindles together. We
1: bindled our way out of there. We exactly. said to the principal, just, like, smell your later, dork.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think, to be honest, he had to respect that.
1: Yeah, and we and he was like, "What? Well, what are you going to do? That's that's better than school." I was just like, "Well, maybe one day we'll we'll make the the great American podcast." Exactly. And he and he said, "What's a podcast?"
0: And we said, "Ah, oh,
1: oh, Daddy
0: O, you don't even know." <laughs> uh, well, you know, it may not have been the school that uh, our parents or wanted us to go to, or that we were legally obliged to go to. No, but we did attend one school, the School of Hard Knocks. Oh yeah, school riding the rails. Yeah, riding the rails. University of Life.
1: That's right. That's where I got my degree from.
0: Exactly, yeah. Well, and actually, you're a professor now, aren't you, In at the University of Life?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I did my master's, I got my doctorate, so I'm I'm very well versed in uh, the way of life.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, you've got tenure as well.
1: I do have tenure in life, but that's right. They can't right.
0: get you out of that position now, can they? You're, you're st- they're stuck with you.
1: Stuck for life. But, I mean, so you didn't go to traditional school, very much like us. What was he learning at home? Because he was homeschooled by his mother.
0: He was probably learning fuck all. Yeah. Or, or I don't know, maybe a bit of maths and science and English, uh, if he's lucky. Hard to tell. I suppose that's the problem when you're not adhering to a curriculum and being uh, tested by a standardised curriculum.
1: Yeah. And I wonder how on board she was with this. He, he just kind of, like, comes home. It's just like, oh, I'm not going to school anymore. She was like, really? Yeah what are you going to do? He's like, oh, I'm going to be homeschooled by you for the next few years. She's like, <laughs> whoa, 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 hang on a second. You need to at least give me the summer term to, to prepare.
0: Well, and also she had a full-time job herself. So, I mean, it was a night school, really.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. he went to, he put himself through night school.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he, he put him, his mum through night school so that she could teach him to do day school.
1: Yeah, the commute home wasn't bad, but still they, they didn't get much sleep.
0: No, no, that's it. I mean, I I suppose this is a similar reaction your parents had when you told them that you weren't going to school anymore.
1: They were were livid. Yeah, Yeah, they they just couldn't believe it. I I said to them, look, school ain't not teaching me nothing.
0: (laughs) You went, mum, dad, I'm 13 years old. I've learned all I need to learn. Okay, that establishment can't teach me anything.
1: No, exactly. I mean, what more can you learn after after that age? I mean, that's that's pretty much where, where life ends.
0: Exactly. And you perfected uh, most of your skateboarding moves on the school playground by the time you were uh, 12. And really, what else is there to learn?
1: Exactly. And that was off my own back as well. There weren't yeah. any skateboarding classes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you said to them, Mum, dad i'm going to be a professional skateboarder, and they said you're an idiot you you idiot you you've been watching all these jackass videos you think you can be a skateboarder, but you proved them wrong didn't you you're a professional skateboarder to this day
1: to this day I still hold that mantle yeah as well as having tenure in the University of life I'm also a proficient skateboarder yeah exactly grinding the rails of life
0: exactly that's what you've got you've got that in Latin haven't you above your uh My it's now part of your <laughs>
1: Tattooed. It's like a what do they call it? A tramp stamp. Grinding the rails of life.
0: That's it in Latin on your ass.
1: Yeah.
0: But we should we shouldn't really keep talking about um yours and my lives. We should get back to Edison. Yeah, as absolutely. interesting as we each are.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: An interesting thing that happened in his early years. So there was an incident where he saved a child from a runaway train. Did you see this in any of your research? I did not. You didn't, right? So, uh, yeah, a runaway train going through the station. He scooped up this three-year-old boy, saved his life. So the child's father rewarded him by get this. He rewarded him by training him as a telegraph operator. Now,
1: what kind of reward is yeah, that? Yeah, I, I can think of. Uh, <laughs> I can think of better rewards, like uh, money.
0: Can I have a hundred pounds, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. Want, it... I don't want a job for life. I just want. Uh, I want a PlayStation 2.
1: I'd have been livid if I was him. Like, hanging around that train station, looking for kids to save, mm. just on the off chance that he might get a monetary reward. He's there, he's just like, sees a, a kid fall on the tracks, like, kind of break his ankle. He thinks to himself, uh, th- "The kid, is th- Yeah, the kid's like, ow, oh, ow, oh, help me, help. And he's like, my luck has come in here. Yeah, so he pushes
0: all these other people out of the way who are scrambling to help the child. He's like, no, no, me, me, I'll save the child.
1: What he would do... Because people don't realise this is something that he would do quite often, like hang around waiting for a kid to like fall off the track. Then he'd save them and get a reward. Cause... Uh, and,
0: and sometimes if the kids weren't falling, maybe he'd just give them a little bit of help. Maybe maybe. Maybe, Ma- it'd give maybe just a little tap.
1: Maybe that happened once or twice. Once or twice, who knows? yeah.
0: It's like these people who deliberately get themselves in car accidents so they can claim for whiplash on their insurance. Hmm.
1: But what he'd do is he'd kind of wait for the train to be quite nearby first of all, just to make it a little bit more dramatic.
0: Oh, there's got to be an element of danger. Oh, of
1: course, because I mean he's an entertainer first and foremost. You got to remember that. <laughs> so he's waiting for the train to get nearby. He jumps down. He's like, "Take my hand." Grabs the kid, pulls him up. Everyone's applauding him, just like, "Oh yeah, well done, well done." And the dad's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reward you for saving my son's life. Uh, how would you like to uh, work as a telegram operator?" Oh, great, you're repaying me by giving me work to do.
0: Yeah, that's the reason I'm doing this, because I don't want to find a job.
1: (laughs) I'm lazy. (laughs) Haven't you realised this already? Haven't you seen me hanging around this train station for the past few months? Yeah, I've been here for weeks. But no, he, uh, he took the job.
0: He took the job, and that is really where his interest in telecommunications came from. So much so that, did you know, he nicknamed his kids Dot and Dash. That's right. Well, rocketing forward in Thomas Edison's Chronology. We're gonna move on from his early years. Let's talk about some of his inventions.
1: Yes, let's.
0: Well, he invented the first practical, commercially viable light bulb.
1: Yes, yes he did.
0: Where would we be without it? Well we'd be recording this podcast in the dark. We already are. Well I mean we are literally I meant figuratively. I suppose it wouldn't make much of a difference because we do always record this in the dark.
1: Yeah, we do. That's 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 true, yeah. We we turn all the lights off, close the windows and uh curtains just uh adds a sense of mystery i guess um, yeah and i think
0: that gets picked up by the tape
1: and it makes the electricity bill cheaper at the end of the month
0: well yeah and that's a huge problem for me i mean as you know i didn't get any schooling so in terms of my station in life i've not got really very far i i i, I have a meager means of income we'll say i won't get into details but it does right. involve pushing people in front of trains yes. but i won't say any more details than that
1: no, and we won't say where we got our ideas from either.
0: No, exactly, exactly. So yeah, it helps to have the electricity bill as cheap as possible at the end of the month. Uh, in fact, that reminds me, I think it's your turn in the hamster wheel.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, it feels like it was only my turn just a moment ago. I mean, my legs are like jelly still. Well,
0: uh, t- why don't we finish recording the podcast and then we can one of us can hop in it. Another thing that he invented was the phonograph. Yes. Which really was a precursor to... A record player. Hmm. Probably, probably one of those ones with a big horn, big metal horn coming out of it. But, I mean, we say that it was invented by him. Now, I have seen documented evidence that predates Edison huh. of the phonograph. Oh, wow. Have you ever heard of a TV programme called The Flintstones?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of it, Flintstones.
0: Now, in said programme, if I recall, they had a bird with a long beak that would press its beak to a uh, turntable. Oh, my God. And sound would come out of its arse. You're right. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So I'm not 100% sure he did invent the phonograph. And actually, if he's claiming that he did, I think that he's plagiarised that that basic design from the Flintstones, from the Hanna-Barbera Corporation.
1: I mean, I know we say that he got his idea uh, from the Flintstones, but when you look at him taking a more kind of a modern approach and forgoing perhaps the uh, the rock elements that were in the original one. Hmm. Like, it was originally made out of like uh, tin foil around a grooved cylinder. What, his like the, phonograph? Yeah, like the with the how he would kind of like play the music on the phonograph from from the original source. It
0: sounds a lot more difficult to put together than just having a bird do it.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, you could say that he is the king of rock and roll.
0: Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah,
1: without him, without him, we wouldn't have our uh, rock and roll records or, or any kind of record. In
0: fact, he pretty much made music. He pretty much did, didn't he? Pretty much invented music. I think we'll give him that.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, he must have been scratching his head because, like, of course, necessity is the mother of invention. So he must have been sat there just thinking, I've got all these records, but no way to listen to them.
0: Which is a real problem. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. Like, why hasn't anyone created a way to listen to the music on these things? And he's like, ah. That's it, of course. That's what I'll do, yeah. Went down to Tesco, picked up some tinfoil, started working away, and lo and behold, he could listen to all his records.
0: Well, yeah, he's down there in the uh, at the end of the garden in the shed, clanging away, banging mm. and making noises. Every now and then a little puff of smoke comes out the chimney, the little explosion, his wife's going, Thomas, <laughs> your dinner's
1: ready. Thomas?
0: <laughs> no, no, hang on. You're confusing now the cat from Tom and Jerry. Um, you're confusing the cat from Tom and Jerry with Thomas Edison. I knew this would happen just because they've got the same first name.
1: It always happens.
0: It does. You And anybody called Thomas, you always think oh, I'm talking about Tom and Jerry. Well, I'm glad that he did because if he hadn't invented the phonograph, where'd, where would we be? We wouldn't have Barbie Girl by Aqua. There'd be no S Club 7. Mm-hmm. There'd be no n-sync there'd be no syncs a to z syncs
1: no exactly yeah there wouldn't be any single sync at all no and this podcast wouldn't exist because of course we uh record it by uh, by vinyl record
0: Well, it's being cut into the vinyl as we speak yeah, yeah exactly so if it, i hopefully none of it's being picked up on mic mm. the other big thing that he invented that affects us is the motion picture yes you ever seen a good video a good video or a good motion picture
1: You know what? I don't think I have.
0: Really? (laughs) Okay. You're just not a fan of the medium.
1: No, it's. I don't think it's caught on. No, I just don't think cinemas caught on. Really.
0: You're still a fan of those like rotoscope things. Oh, I love them. Where you put your eye against the the wheel with all the different pictures and it spins around. It
1: just tells a story, you know. The rotoscope.
0: Oh, flip! Give me a flip book any day.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Cinema has a lot of catching up to do.
0: Ah, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're, you're a bit of a Luddite. You're a bit of a technophobe on that subject.
1: Well, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Go on, with, uh, Can you recommend any good videos or motion pictures?
0: Have you ever heard of Spice World?
1: Um, I, I know of it.
0: It's a motion picture. It's called a feature motion picture or oh, a film. Okay. And uh, remember that, and I know you'll know this band because uh, I've seen your phonograph collection, Spice Girls. Oh, love them. Yeah, well, they made a motion picture, a feature motion picture film.
1: Why has no one told me what? about this until now?
0: I don't know, but Barrymore's in it, Meatloaf's in it, I'm sure there's loads of other cameos, but they're only, those are the only
1: ones I know, but they drive around in a big bus. Well, I love buses, I love pub- public transport, so... You do. Alright, no, okay, I'll give the medium a go, <laughs> I'll okay. give it a go. <laughs> okay,
0: maybe next week, next episode, you can tell us what you thought.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I'll report back on Spice World.
0: Well, you know, we, we, me and the audience, we wait with bated breath to get your hot take on Spice World. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's a recent one, is it?
0: That one? Um, not too recent. I no. think it's out in the last couple of years.
1: Oh well, it will be fairly topical, I guess. Still fairly topical. <laughs> yeah. um, but do go on. So he had a big part to play in the origin of the motion picture.
0: Yeah, basically that's all I know. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs>
1: The more you know, listener.
0: Exactly, and the car battery—he uh, he invented that one for Henry Ford, the Ford Motorcars.
1: Blimey, he was quite a prominent person in the the car industry. Henry Ford,
0: as the inventor of the first mass produced car, yes.
1: Now, do you reckon it was invented with the battery in it? But Edison, very much like when he was pushing kids on tracks and then picking them up again, maybe taking the car battery out, and uh, like Henry Ford going. You know, this car needs something to kind of get it going.
0: I I don't know what it is. It gets to the end of the production line and Mm. they put the keys in and it just won't go for some reason. And then Edison sort of strolls by and goes, ooh, I can help with that. And then what's this I've got in my satchel? And he brings up this big battery and plonks it in. And then amazingly, it just slots into place perfectly. And then lo and behold, the thing just springs to life. And Henry Ford is like, bravo, you've solved my problem.
1: Yeah, and he's just... that, that's amazing. how How many how many of these can you mass produce? And Edison's just like, "How many cars you got here on the assembly line?" It's like there's uh, ninety four uh, cars on the assembly line. I have ninety four batteries in my satchel. It's
0: perfect. Oh my god! Bravo! a match made in heaven. Yeah, and so uh, he gave
1: him them, them for a fee, of course.
0: What a shyster! <laughs>
1: yeah, piece of shit. What a horrible man pushing kids on train tracks and stealing from poor old Mister Ford. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say that he's a bit of a rogue. Oh well. Ding, 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 ding. That's today's work. <laughs> That's it. He's going in the gallery. He's going in. He deserves it more than anyone.
0: Well, I tell you what, I do actually have a real reason that I think he's a rogue. Well, I don't want to discount the reasons we've just given, but no. one that I think will convince the most diehard Edison fan, the the, the, the diehard Edisonians listening. You heard about this elephant they electrocuted? No. <laughs> Did you do any research?
1: I did. I got two pages of this I stuff. I can see
0: it, but there's nothing in there that mentions the elephant being electrocuted. <laughs> no. Okay, so in 1903, there was a 34-year-old elephant called Topsy, which Edison electrocuted on Coney Island <laughs> at, the, at the Lunar Park, which is... Oh, I've been there, actually. It's lovely. So, it was... You heard about how um, there was this so-called War of Currents. Yes. So, it was between AC and DC alternating and direct currents and it was the two big companies and they're both kind of fighting to get their one to be adopted into the mainstream so edison electrocuted this elephant to demonstrate the dangers of ac electricity so he put little brass shoes on the elephant's feet (laughs) stood it on this metal plate i don't know why i'm laughing i don't know why laughing. it's horrible and actually using his other Invention, the motion picture. He actually filmed this, and you can find it on YouTube. And I did start watching it, and then I got to the point where they're about to electrocute an elephant. I thought, "What the hell am I watching this for? It looks horrifying." God. So, of course, switched off immediately. But yes, Coney Island, 1903, Edison electrocuted Topsy, the circus elephant.
1: So he did it to show, sorry, how how harmful it could be, or how powerful, uh, how dangerous, how dangerous it could the be.
0: rival current could be. So he was DC. He used AC to electrocute the elephant.
1: And he was on his highway to hell. Exactly, yeah. Imagine. And did he have... An... Sorry to go on about this like macabre scenario here, but was there like an audience? Presumably if it was Coney Island, there was a bit of a crowd, I presume. Well, the...
0: Um, uh... I can't remember what it's called, but basically the American Association for Treatment of Animals stepped in. So uh, it wasn't a public event; it was just press and a few select guests that were invited.
1: <laughs> oh, that's all right then. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely fine. <laughs> Toned
0: it down. Yeah, come
1: see how dangerous this is. So dangerous, in fact, it could hurt an elephant quite badly.
0: It, well, or kill it. Yeah, exactly. Just, just one of his many amazing feats, and I don't want amazing to sound like it's uh, positive. But I am genuinely amazed at that one.
1: Hmm. But, I mean, you have to remember as well, he had a grudge against elephants. I don't know what it was, he just hated them.
0: He did. I can't think why. (laughs) So, Birch, you mentioned earlier... The old adage that necessity is the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. And we did a bit of research each about Thomas Edison, one of the greatest inventors of the modern era. Mm -hmm. So I've actually had a go at inventing a couple of things myself to bring along to the recording. Really? Yeah, yeah.
1: That's amazing. I had the exact same idea. Really?
0: It's just like when we both said that we were going to quit school
1: at the same time. We just sometimes, me and you, are on the same wavelength. We are so in sync, you and I. I'm I'm very excited. Would you like to go first, or, or shall I? Um,
0: well, I'll go first, if you don't mind. No, please do. Okay, great. So, again, necessity is the mother of invention. I thought, what is the necessity? Hmm. Eyebrows. We've all got them. Oh, yeah. And sometimes they get a bit long, especially as you get older. Yeah. So, I've invented an eyebrow plucking machine. So, if you just... Uh, I'll just pull back the curtain on it.
1: Oh, I didn't see that then, yeah,
0: it was it? Yeah, it was hidden behind this curtain. This is my eyebrow plucking machine. Wow. Massive. It's quite big, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so if you don't mind, I'd like to demonstrate it on you.
1: Oh, on me? Yeah.
0: Um... I just don't take it uh, badly. It's just a common occurrence, but your eyebrows are looking a little bit bushier than they usually do. So I just right. thought maybe I could demonstrate on you. And, and it just lightly plucks them. Yeah. It's just, it's actually entirely painless. That's another aspect of the machine. It doesn't just pluck them. It does it very, very gently and it will be completely harmless.
1: Okay. Well, no, I, I I trust you completely. I'll uh, I'll just step into the machine. Just
0: step into the machine, please. Okay. And.
1: Yep. Ready. Ready when you are.
0: Okay. So I'll just. I'll just make some of the adjustments here. Yeah.
1: Sure. Ow. I thought you said this was painless.
0: Yeah. It's almost done. Just bear with it.
1: Uh.
0: Ow. Okay. All done.
1: Yeah, okay, I'll uh, step out of the machine.
0: Okay, so out you come and. Oh, shit. Uh, what? Well, it's plucked your eyebrows. Oh, good. It, it, yeah, there we go. It's done what it needs to it's do. It's done what it needs to do. I will say, it's possibly been a little bit overzealous in its plucking abilities. Did you notice a kind of pinching sensation anywhere on your body other than your eyebrows?
1: Uh, Pretty much everywhere, pretty to be much honest. Yeah. yeah,
0: I thought as much. Nice. I don't know if you want to just take a look in the mirror there.
1: Yeah, sure. Get, you pass are that in. hairless. Sean, there's not a single hair on me.
0: I'm afraid not.
1: I look like Kojak. Sean, what have you done? I
0: think I might have accidentally uh, plucked every hair on your body. Even the ones under yeah, your clothes. Yeah, even the ones
1: under my clothes. That's yeah. how, did, how did it even do that? My clothes are intact.
0: It's very efficient, this machine.
1: Well, yeah, if you want to be like a uh, plucked chicken.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying the look doesn't work for you.
1: I look like an egg.
0: <laughs> you do look like an egg. Sorry, I shouldn't I shouldn't laugh, sorry. The machine was over-efficient. Maybe I shouldn't have had the dial set to high. I mean, once you've grown some more hair back, we can give it another go. We'll just do it on the medium setting.
1: Oh, I'd...
0: Well, there we go. I'm not 100% sure that machine works as it should, but that's my invention. Should we take a look at one of yours now?
1: Yeah, sure thing. Um, so we live in a world where communication is very important. I agree. You know, we live in a fast-paced, high-speed world. And, you know, we, we just are constantly on the move. So I've devised a device that, basically, you can communicate with someone without needing to be near a landline phone device. Mm. Okay, so let me just get this out of the box. Now, I call this, and I've patented the name, I call this the birch on the go.
0: The birch on the go. You've named it after yourself.
1: Well, I want to live on in some way or another. And what better way than through this invention? To be honest, I think Edison missed a trick by not calling it a a musical Edison for his phonograph or, or the Edison bulb for the light bulb. So birch on the go. Here you go. Look at that. You can contact someone, have conversations with them without them even being there. You know, you could be in one city. Someone else could be in another.
0: So, in principle, it's the same as the landline, except it's not plugged into the wall. But you're on the go. Birch on the go. It's That's where the on-the-go portion of birch on the go. So, what, you just slip that into your pocket? You can walk around with it?
1: You can put it into your pocket. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's lightweight. And, yeah, you can just take it anywhere.
0: Right, and does it... So, does it have to be plugged into the wall when you're using it? Or does it have to be... Where's the electricity coming from?
1: Well, uh, I... Devised this really great idea where basically it can charge for a small period of time, like the battery within it can charge oh, for a period. It's got the battery, yeah. It does, yes. It takes double A, and and once it's charged up, you can just take it anywhere and it lasts for for the whole day.
0: Right. Well, I've asked a few questions there just to kind of make sure I'm getting hold of this idea in its fullest sense. It's good, isn't it? It's very good, actually. It's so good that it's already been invented in the 1980s what you have reinvented there is the mobile telephone or the cell phone as Americans call it the what now the mobile telephone or a mobile as most people call them see look I've got one see I've got one here yeah this was built by a company called Apple I don't know if you've heard of them
1: looks a bit like this um this thing I've got in my pocket
0: that one that you've got in your pocket yeah that's made by a different company Th- this is a mobile phone? That is a mobile telephone. So I'm not sure what you thought that was. Have you just been playing games on that? You call that your Angry Birds machine, don't you?
1: Well, yeah, and it's got a calculator on it.
0: Yeah, that's true. You'll be amazed to know that also can make telephone calls. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, uh, hang on a second. I guarantee it.
1: Oh, what, like the, the phone icon?
0: Yeah, click that, yeah.
1: God, there's numbers to put in, like, a... Jesus, I've had this thing for years... That's crazy. I thought I came up with that.
0: Yeah, maybe subconsciously you did already know.
1: Okay, well... Well, I'm
0: sorry to piss on your parade. Yeah,
1: back to the drawing board with that one, I guess. Um,
0: Well, if it's okay with you, we'll move on. I've got another invention I can show you here.
1: Yeah, sure. No, please do. I hope it's a hair growth formula.
0: Um, It's not, as a matter of fact. Now, I'll just bring it out and pop it on the table. Oh, there we go. Um, Now, if you can just... Right, we need a bit of plastic i don't suppose you have a a square bit of perspex on you
1: uh let me check
0: no afraid not no okay well i'll tell you what in that case if you just put your hand in between these two big metal plates Mm -hmm. yeah just put your hand in great yeah sure and Uh, wait hold on what happened don't worry about it i'm just gonna operate the machine so i'll just turn it on now and this is actually a homemade frisbee maker
1: who made Frisbee Well it? And what it does it.
0: is if we'd had a bit of Perspex, it would have squashed that Perspex into a kind of disc-like Frisbee shape. Right. Which you could then throw around. So if you just...
1: So what's it going to do to my, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh! Turn it off!
0: Okay, and the machine is done. <gasps>
1: what the hell did you do to my
0: hand? Well, I mean, look at it. You've got a lovely Frisbee hand now. But
1: I don't it's... have any fingers anymore. No, it's lovely and round and flat like a Frisbee. Well, yeah, I mean, Frisbees are nice, but not on the end of my arm. Yeah, but where do you throw frisbees from if not
0: from the end of your arm?
1: But you, yeah, but it, a frisbee isn't your hand.
0: Now it is. All of that's changed. Oh. Go on, just try throwing it.
1: Well, it's still attached
0: to my arm. Oh, oh yeah.
1: It's still, like, kind of hanging from the stump.
0: So, yeah. It's, oh, it's. I mean, it, My
1: hand looks like a lollipop.
0: It does, actually, yeah. But the beauty of this is it's still perfectly soundly attached to your wrist. Mm. But I suppose that's why you can't throw it. Now, I hadn't thought of that. Now, if only you'd had some perspex, it wouldn't have happened.
1: Who has perspex on them?
0: Well, inventors, true inventors.
1: Don't kick me while I'm down. Okay, yeah. sorry.
0: <laughs> I hope you don't mind me saying, but you do look now like an eggman with a lollipop hand.
1: But I was going to say, yeah, I'm completely bald, right everywhere, and I've got a circular <laughs> fucking disc on the end of my left arm. Yeah,
0: I mean, they're both both inventions work. You can't fault me for that.
1: Well, th- they need tinkering is all I'm saying. They need tinkering with. Okay. Right, uh, yeah, my, my next invention. It's quite a good one, actually. I'm quite quite proud of this. Now, in addition to communication being something very important, another thing that's important is information. You know, passing on information from one person to another. I mean, we didn't go to school, so we would rely on other people to give us information in through other means. Yeah, word which, of mouth. Now... This is one I got thinking. Now, I love the library. It's Mm. a lovely old place, the library. And sadly, not everyone has access to one to get any information that they might need. So I was thinking, how can we find a way for everyone to have access to any information that they could possibly want? Okay. And that's when I came up with this idea. Now, I I don't have it with me because it's kind of not a physical entity. I call it... Birchipedia Okay. Okay. So you can access this information. I'm thinking of like putting it on a computer or something like that, and you can access it. And everyone has access to the same information, and they'd be on various different. I'm calling them pages for the time being, and you can access these different pages all through uh, one place, basically. Right. It'll and educate calling... the world.
0: Yeah, and you're calling it. Birchipedia. I see, again, you've named it after yourself in another uh, desperate attempt to live forever.
1: Yeah, well, the encyclopedia, you know, all this great knowledge. Put my name on there.
0: Cause... So what you've basically done is uploaded an encyclopedia to the internet. Uh,
1: an encyclopedia to the...
0: Ah, sorry, right. Um. I think you have... I don't know how to put this, mate. I really don't want to kick you while you're down. But I, I feel think... like you're going to... I feel like you've, again, you've invented something that already exists. What? This one's called the internet 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 yeah it was invented by a man called tim berners lee and it's basically exactly as you described but much much more and it's used in homes and businesses all around the world as we speak
1: i've never heard of it
0: no no i mean i feel like after we both quit school we did sort of go our separate ways didn't we you found a little cave apparently well yeah that's where i was home i was cave schooled cave schooled yeah I went out into the world, and I'm amazed that you've managed to get your professorship and your tenure, and you've never heard of a mobile phone or the internet.
1: No, well, well, like I was saying, you know, the library was where I went to get my information
0: from. I mean, it must have been a great library.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there was only three books there, but, you know, I read them several times just so that it would really stick.
0: Mm, And I got
1: different things from them every time.
0: Okay. And are you sure they were the same three books? Because sometimes in libraries they rotate the books. Um... Well, anyway, that's by the by. The most important thing to take away from this is that what you've you've reinvented the internet, and it's been around since the nineties. And even before the internet, there was a CD that you get with Windows ninety five computer operating software called Microsoft Encarta, and it was a like an encyclopedia on a disc.
1: Right. And so the internet, I, I can, I have to access this thing from a, a computer.
0: Do you know what? You'd be surprised. You can actually do it. With the mobile telephone that we discussed earlier. What? Hang on. That little thing you're holding in your hand, that's actually a computer. And through that computer, you can access the internet.
1: What? That's insane. The person who sold me this didn't tell me any of this.
0: Did you go in and just ask, though, for an Angry Birds machine? Yeah. Well, you got what you wanted.
1: Wow, okay. Okay. Yeah, I've got to say, I'm feeling quite low at the moment.
0: Well, uh, I tell you what, my next invention might really help with that. You know how recently you were having a bit of a grumble about how you're getting some crow's feet on your face, a couple of wrinkles on the forehead, you know, the usual ageing stuff, but no one likes to go through it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of like the least of my worries now, but go on.
0: Well, I have invented an anti-ageing cream. Now, I know there's lots of these on the market, but... This one's quite different, quite spectacular, and I think you will be amazed with the result. Now, um, you just hold still. I'll just uh, put it on your face. Yeah, sorry about that. I probably should have given you a bit of warning. But uh, it only comes, I, for some reason, I've only manufactured it in this kind of tart dish kind of shape that I just kind of splat into people's faces like a custard pie. Yeah. Well, don't eat it. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's full of a lot of very harmful chemicals. I wouldn't advise you eating.
1: Harmful chemicals? Well,
0: harmful to the digestive system. As long as it stays on the exterior of your body, you will be fine. So we'll just leave that on for about two more seconds. And yeah, I'll just scrape that off. Right. And uh, voila, so... I didn't like the sound of that. No. I'm going to hand you the mirror again. Oh, no. I don't have to hand you the mirror.
1: I need to see what it is you at some point. I, I, I'm i assuming that it's something worse or as bad as becoming completely hairless and having a frisbee for a hand.
0: I said it was anti-aging. Again, I may have been a little bit over-efficient. Say hello to you as a five-year-old.
1: Sean, I never looked like this at five. I wouldn't wish this on any five-year-old. What have you done?
0: Well, I've um, de-aged you dramatically. Very dramatically.
1: Yet so much so that I'm fetus-like.
0: Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, you do look a little bit fetal. I'll be honest, mate, I'd stop touching your face because I think it's in quite a raw state at the moment.
1: I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, I look like a... I've got a face like a heart.
0: Yeah, it does a bit look like a heart. I was going to say actually sliced ham. It looks like slices of ham on your face. Again, I'm, it worked. It's definitely worked, but...
1: It, has it? Well, by the time
0: uh, the raw flesh kind of heals, I think you will look... And again, once those scars heal, I think you will look a lot younger. But then I suppose at that point you will be in your mid-50s or 60s. And then it will... But, you know, because of all the scars, you no one really will be able to age you at all.
1: Well, I mean, I guess technically for that it is anti-aging cream. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, it's kind of anti-having a pleasant existence cream.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, my current... Slogan for the product, and I'm just still workshopping this. But it's your skin can't age if there's no skin there,
1: right? Um, I'm I'm going to be honest. Between the hair loss, the uh, the frisbee hand, and the uh, now the the ham skin, I'm a bit ticked off. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit I'm quite peeved. I would say. Well,
0: I'm a bit upset that you've said that. I mean, here I am giving you first preview of my inventions we're old friends going back to school yeah and uh so i thought i'd bring you in on my current inventive streak and you're not really showing a lick of gratitude
1: no i i'm i'm devastated it's why well i
0: don't know what to say then look okay you're upset i'm upset let's just get through your last invention and then we can end this episode because quite frankly i think we're both sick of each other
1: Right, say nothing James, just say nothing. Okay, my my, uh, my third invention, here we go. Now this is a, a bit of a change of, of pace.
0: Is it to do with telecommunications like the last two?
1: It is nothing to do with telecommunications, it's like a quite revolutionary I think. Now we unfortunately live in a society of violence, you know, there's killing, there's war, and you know people are needing to defend themselves, their their countries, and all all these other sorts of things. So, I mean, it it sounds horrible to say, but it's a profitable business to be a part of. So I came up with this, a weapon, basically, to to use, which I think will really revolutionise combat uh, moving forward. Okay. Right, so you've got the bow and arrow, right? Yeah, I'm aware of them. Yeah, so it's, like, quite tricky to use. They're quite big, takes a lot of skill to get quite a precise shot on them they're heavy i mean it's just like difficult to have in a battle situation okay isn't it you know you see you see our boys out there with these bow and arrows and they're having a a hard time with them like they've got these stressful situations they're constantly you know under fire and they have
0: I'll, i'll just stop you and say i'm already quite confused as to where this is going but do carry on
1: yeah well i mean what i'm getting at is that Bow and arrows are no way for our soldiers to be fighting in, in this day and age.
0: No, I do agree.
1: So I've devised something. is similar, similar in style. Now, you have this bolt, okay? Now, normally you'd think, oh, yeah, you hold the bow, pull it back, bling, and then it fires at the target. But no, look at this. Now, I call this the cross birch. The cross
0: birch you're calling it, are you? I'm calling it the
1: cross birch. Right, okay. Now, what you do is... You put the uh, the bolt... I'm thinking of calling them birchy bolts, right? Okay, yeah. Just, to, you know, to keep marketing up on point with it.
0: Yeah, keep branding focused.
1: You cross birch and you need your birchy bolts to go with this cross birch. So you put the birchy bolt in the cross birch like this, okay? And you've got this string here. Now, you twing it back, okay? Now, say I wanted to shoot that... Uh, oh, that car over there.
0: Was it thing my... Bedroom windows open.
1: Yeah, it is. But, I mean, the point still stands. That was a bloody good shot, wasn't it? Yeah. And and you think, like, the opposition see our armies carrying these things. They're going to turn tail and run.
0: Right, this is your invention? Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, I don't know how to put this. Uh, For one thing, I've noticed a theme here. Uh, You're an idiot, okay? This is called a crossbow. It's been used
1: cross cross birch, bow.
0: cross birch no cross no, cross birch, <laughs> cross birch. <laughs> It's been used in combat since medieval times in Europe and probably even going back further in other places in the world. They've been around for hundreds of years. They're very well known. And again, I just have to wonder if the f- one of the three books that you read in this library going round and round in your head was possibly about cowboys and Indians, because I don't know why you think that people are still using the bow and arrow for combat.
1: Oh, and I suppose this crossbow is also on my mobile phone, is it?
0: I think, actually, if you went to your mobile phone, went to the internet, typed in the word crossbow, you'd see hundreds of pictures of the exact thing that you have described and invented.
1: It's all very convenient, this, Sean. The mobile phone, the internet, and the crossbow, all within palm's reach. Well, I
0: agree. It's very convenient, which is why everybody's got them. Not the crossbow. People don't have one of those anymore.
1: What would they have instead of a crossbow? They don't need a
0: crossbow. Well, if they needed to shoot something, they'd shoot a gun. A what? A gun. Oh, how do I... Remember... Are you, are you aware of gunpowder? Oh, yeah. Right, OK. Imagine... Uh, audience, I think this needs to be a conversation that I have with Birch off-air. I don't won't put you through this strenuous conversation that's going to be. So thanks for your patience while I discuss this with BIRCH <laughs> And then, Birch, that's when you pop a cap in their ass.
1: Right, which doesn't mean a literal cap.
0: No. Uh, Again, it relates back to the gun.
1: Okay, I get it now. Okay,
0: okay. Okay. Well, I think we've made some headway in terms of getting you up to speed with modern armaments. Mm. What, what, what were we talking about when we started this episode?
1: Um,
0: oh, Thomas Edison. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course, yes. The mother of invention.
1: That's right, yeah. He was uh, one of uh, Frank Zappa's guitar players.
0: Oh, is that, is that what Frank Zappa's band was called? It is so indeed. That's a good joke that you just made. We'll cut off my response. <laughs> I'll just say, ha 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 ha, and you can edit that in. Okay, well, I think it's time to draw this episode to a conclusion. I think you might need to get to a hospital, and uh, I think it's probably only fair that I drive you there.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, what I will also add, because this town that we are in, they, they don't like outsiders so not at all i mean you saw what they did to uh little jimmy the other day they chased him down the street with pitchforks and torches as well you know and he only had a cast round his arm
0: yeah that's a good point actually uh, well, maybe I'll just chuck this blanket over your head and bundle you into the back of the car. Oh, the boot, even better.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess I won't be seen back there.
0: Let's wrap up the podcast, though. Okay. So thanks again for listening, audience. Uh, you can catch us on lots of social media, and what we'd really like you to do is go on that and like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Mailbox Rogues Gallery.
1: No, at Mailbox Rogues. Yeah, one of the ones <laughs> <like> that, <yeah. laughs>
0: uh, And you can email us at Mailbox Rogues gallery gallery at (laughs) gmail.com of course don't forget to leave a review and a rating on itunes because that really really helps
1: yes please do you can listen to us also on podbean and on youtube and on itunes but i already said that you already said that (laughs) get me to the hospital okay okay
0: right well i've been sean i've been birch Doodles.
1: bye